What's up, Hyperfascination? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a real estate broker, developer uh, in the Chicago area. He did 37 deals his first year. He's seen several uh, ups and downs over his career. And today, we were actually talking a little bit about how people in real estate can stay in the right mental and emotional state to prosper and thrive over the long run. This was an amazing podcast. Welcome to the show, Joel Friedman. Welcome to the show today, Joel. How are you doing? Great, Dan. Good to see you. Yeah, great to see you. I'm excited to have you come on and tell your story because for anyone in real estate, you're going to go through ups and downs no matter what part of real estate you're in, whether you're an agent, investor, you know, doing flips, wholesales, whatever it is, there are definitely ups and downs. And I think your story in particular is a really good one to be sharing with people right now. So with that in mind, why don't you just go ahead and give yourself and introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. So I'm in industrial real estate, which means uh, in my case, we are uh, brokers and we're also owners and syndicators uh, of buildings in the Chicago area. We're hyper-focused on uh, the local market, which is the Chicago area. Um, we own 16 buildings. They're worth about $50 million. And we've got a very interesting model. Um, we buy buildings, all cash, no mortgages. And right now, uh, we're having a tough time buying properties. We've only bought three in the past year because the market is just very strange. Sellers aren't selling and prices are too high. And it's just a weird time in the market. So, um, what that does is that causes, I think, some issues in terms of how my mind works. And so I want to talk a little bit, if it's okay with you, about mental health. Yeah, I think it's extremely important, especially especially with all the crazy changes and not knowing where things are going. That's kind of going on. I think that would, that would probably help a lot of people. Yeah, so... Um, when I built my brokerage business, which was starting um, 30 years ago, I had uh, three partners. And one of my partners, it's an interesting story. You ever see the uh, TV show um, Boy Meets World or the, the TV show uh, Wonder Years? Yes. So my partner was a, a guy named Lou Savage. And Lou was the father of uh, Fred and Ben Savage. And what happened was... Um, he lived here in, in the Chicago area in a, in a suburb here called Glencoe, uh, which is next to the suburb where I grew up, which is called Highland Park. They're right along Lake Michigan. And Lou and I knew each other for a while. And he and two other guys and I went into the brokerage business together. And Lou was kind of down. He was sharing with me that his mood was, was low and he was sort of in a dark place and he wasn't feeling great. And the reason it turned out was because his family was mostly living in L.A. because uh, his kids were uh, TV people. And he was flying back and forth between L.A. and Chicago. And um, he said, you know, you're doing too much travel when the guy sweeping at the airport uh, walks by and says, hello, Mr. Savage. 
So he uh, he said, I, I've got to stop. I've, I'm going to have to move to L.A. to be with the family. But what I noticed was that he was struggling emotionally with with a big decision like that because he had been in our business for 20 years and was used to doing what he did and he loved it. And he was undergoing a big change. And I think when people go through a big change, their mood can go all different directions. And I learned from that um, that people are really what the business is about. It's not as much real estate as it is relating to people and, and listening to them and understanding when they're having uh, issues in their lives and being able to really mentor them through the mental health and emotional side of it. Because if they've got that under control, they can be really successful. But I think what stops a lot of people is when their mood is down and they feel like they don't have confidence. There's, there's a tremendous amount of, um, I, I think it's like self, what's, what's the word? It's not self-respect, but um, being, being comfortable in your own skin. And I think when people start out, it's really hard to figure out where they belong. No, I, I, I agree. This is, this is great. Yeah. One of the things um, that I do is I, I notice also that some people are not necessarily uh, down in their mood, but they're actually overly um, elevated. And some of those people, they don't sleep a lot and they work really hard and they don't realize that there may be some negativity to being so driven and working so hard and so much there may be something that's driving them to do that. And it might be in their chemistry. So I have this system. I call it the one. Do you think that's just as dangerous or? I think it can be more dangerous. Even more. Okay. Yeah, I really do. Um, I think there's a lot of people Mm. with mood disorders that don't know why they're feeling really crappy or don't know why they're feeling so, so amazingly like Superman. And sometimes they go back and forth between being very elevated and being very low. And listen, I love it when when I meet someone who's very uh, excited and energetic and they can go out and make 20 deals in their first year because they're knocking on doors and they're building relationships. But it might not be healthy. It may be driven by something. And by the way, what goes up must come down. So what I find is when someone's doing really great, it's not shocking to me that when there's a lull and they're not as successful anymore, when they're used to being incredibly successful, that they fall into a funk. And I've had that happen with about, I'd say, at least a dozen of the 70 people that I brought into my brokerage business. Hmm. And it's really tough because once you're in the funk, it's extremely hard to get out. One guy came up to me and he said, will you come sit with me for a minute? I said, yeah. He says, I'm in a really, really dark place. And I said, how dark? He said, I don't even, I don't even want to go into it. It's that dark. This wow. was a guy who was taking home half a million dollars a year or more. And then we hit the recession. Um, I've, I've been through four cycles. So this was one cycle ago. And he just hit the skids and literally couldn't do anything and he had to go get help he had to find 
a therapist and, and someone who could help him with medications. And that worked, but it didn't mm. happen overnight. It took a long time. So now I recognize it when I see it. And I can do something about it because I personally have also been through some major ups and downs. In my first year, I did 37 deals. It's like I was flying high. So I have this scale. <laughs> uh, I was flying high. I was so happy. It's like I was happier than I should have been. Right. So I have a scale. I call it my one to 10 scale. I don't think uh, therapists or psychiatrists have this scale, but I do. And I, I talk about it with my people and I warn them in advance that a lot of their production and lack of motivation when those things happen up and down is because people's moods go up and down. So I have what's called the one to 10 scale. One is you're so depressed, you can't get off the couch. And you're thinking mm. about ending it all and taking pills. And I, I unfortunately have known three people in our industry in my 40 years who were really low and took their own lives. Oof. 10. That's got to be hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's just so unfathomable why somebody would do that. But if they're in such a bad place, they just don't have any hope. And then that's a, that's a one. A 10 is someone who's flying so high that they're like, they're almost like manic. And in those situations, they're wildly successful. And I think a lot of the most successful people in the world live in a manic state. They do, they say things and they do things and they're out there and they're running around and they don't use great judgment and they don't think about the consequences, but they accomplish a lot. You know, this guy, SBF, this Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. I think he's been running at 10. He's a 10. He's a 10 on mm. my scale. He's like manic out of his mind. And instead of thinking about details, he was just bam, 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 bam. And just making commitments and telling people things on my scale. If he was working for me, I would call him over and say, Hey, listen, you're in a 10 out of 10 in mood. You've got to somehow stop it and slow it down and pay more attention to the details because you're going to fuck up your life. You're going to do things that right. don't make sense. And look what happened. And I think he's already wow. admitting that he had a that he had a mood disorder and was taking drugs for it. I think one of the drugs he was taking, um, I forgot the name of it, but it it elevates you and it makes you, in some cases, like a gambler. And you have no control over it. If you don't see it, no one's telling you. You can get in real big trouble. And that happened to me. That happened to me too. I, I got very elevated. So if you're running at a five, five is like, that. that's your mood is right in the middle between right. being depressed on the couch and manic like Sam Bankman Freed. I like five and I like six. Six, if you're a six, it's a healthy way to produce and make great decisions. And if you're a four, it's kind of hard to get out of bed, but you can do it. And I think that the key is staying in that range of like five or six in your mood. And you can be wildly successful and have a balanced life. How, how do you, if things are going really, really well and like, you know, you're on a, that like rapid curve up in success like like you doing 37 deals your first year that had to be kind of life-changing so how do you 
how do you kind of go through that and stay at a five, six and not, you know, jump up? Cause, cause oh. it, it's gotta be at some point it, it's, it's gotta feel like you're just launching and you know, like that moment when you, you catch a wave surfing, right. And like, you know, things are just happening. So how do you, how do you stay at a five or six when you're, when you're on a personal, you know, trajectory up at a rapid pace? Well, the answer is you need a sponsor or a mentor hmm. who understands this and talks about it. They don't teach mental health in business school. But right. when it happens to you, you don't understand it. You don't see it happen. You, you feel a certain way, but you can't label it or define it because nobody ever taught you that this is going to happen. And so right. that's why I think when people get so low, they feel so helpless and hopeless because they don't have a mentor saying, hey, this is normal. People have mood swings. You're not right. always the same person in your brain. Your brain works in a way where you, you go, you do have ups and downs you know like when you listen to your favorite song and it's like you're rocking and it feels so good that's that feeling like you're sort of in an eight because you remember okay. things that that song brings into your mind or whatever and when the song stops maybe you go back down to a six but you know how you almost want to get up and dance to your favorite song if you're by yourself or you start singing it when you're in the car because you just love the music that that's an elevated mood Something drove your mood up, but then you lose a real estate deal and you thought you were making a hundred thousand dollar commission. And the guy calls you and says, Hey, we decided we're not going to buy the property. Sorry. That could throw you to a two or a three if you're not careful because you were counting on it and you were all excited. Right. The answer is mentor, mentor, mentor. You need somebody like in my case, my mother is a therapist and she's 86 and she still sees people every week. And my daughter's a therapist. She's 30. And I do see a guy that counsels me every week. And I have a group of people that I, that I rely on and I tell them the same thing. And we talk about it very openly. Like, how's your, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's your mood like? And we talk to each other and we coach each other. And it's a way of um, when you, when you put it out in the open, and you, you expose this mood thing to the air, you can work on it. If you put if you put an issue on the table, you can manage it. If you don't know what the hell it is and it's just affecting you and all you're doing is feeling either good or bad and you can't really understand it, I think it's really very perplexing to people. And it allows people who are too high to make bad decisions and too low to realize, hmm. to not realize that they can work through it. What, um, so let's, let's kind of ask the, I guess, inverse question. Now you're at a five or six business is doing well. Then something changes, right? Like, like you've gone through a couple of recessions. Four. Um, I've been through four recessions. How do you, yeah. How do you, how do you stay at a five or six when, you know, when you have to take a couple steps backward in, in what you're doing? It's incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, I think it's the hardest thing in life to keep yeah. your mood in a stable, safe place when the ups and downs of life. Like, for example, if somebody in your life uh, gets sick or passes away, 
think, you know, shit happens in life. And one of the things that shit happens right. to is the market goes bad. Yep. And th there's not a really good answer other than you have to have people you can rely on and talk to openly about this to help problem solve to get through it. Because what, what it is, is it's like a, a brotherhood or sisterhood of people that you build around your life. And by the way, if you talk to people about this openly, because everyone can relate to this, because if someone is just steady all the time, they're the only person I know who's really like that. But everyone has someone in their life that's got mood issues, whether it's their child or their brother or their parent. It's just it's universal. You know, that's right. why that's why they have uh, medications for mood disorders and why uh, you can't get an appointment with a therapist. They're all too busy right now. So it's, it's about having a network of people that you talk to openly about this and not be ashamed about it. Because you know what the biggest problem is? Shame. Someone feels really bad like this and they start doing things differently, like they don't work as hard and they start becoming ashamed of themselves and they're afraid to admit that they're dealing with shame. There's this lady who's a researcher named Brene Brown, and she's a researcher on the topic of shame. And she talks about it openly and says, once you can talk about what you feel, that's the road to getting better. So that's the answer is you need to be able to talk it through with someone who's going to listen to you and who's going to support you. And by the way, as, as a, as a boss and as a mentor in my business, this is one of my big themes that I talk to people about is let's, let's talk openly about how you're feeling because that's, what's going to drive your success or your failure, both as, as a real estate person and as a person, including in a marriage and with your children and with your parents and with your friends. And sometimes what happens is people, when they feel bad, instead of admitting the pain, they get angry and then they start lashing out at people. And you wonder like, why is this guy being such an asshole? And one of the reasons is because it's easier to be angry and lash out at people than to admit you've got pain and start dealing with it. And so my, my whole focus is on let's, let's all try to be mentally healthy together. And then let's make a fortune because we're smart and we think about the consequences. Yeah. Well, and if I think the key to making the fortune is longevity. And if you're, if you can't get the mood and mindset stable, it's, the longevity is going to be hard when, when change comes. And so I, I think this is, just so important and, and something that people unfortunately sometimes overlook until it's too late. Yeah. I'll tell you something else that you probably haven't heard, but um, I think a tremendous number of real estate developers are elevated and don't necessarily know it. And they become compulsive gamblers in the uh, development business and they, they have a gambler's mm -hmm. mentality. There's a, a group of people that get together in nearly every city in the world called Gamblers Anonymous. And there's always someone in that group that was like a stock trader that was elevated and went crazy trading and then lost all the money and lied to their wife and lied to themselves and mm. got a second mortgage on their house. Well, there's a bunch of real estate guys who don't understand that development and flipping 
is a form of gambling and you can get addicted to it when it works. And the problem is when it stops working, you can go into a deep dive, dark place. And I think addictions, all kinds of addictions, a lot of people have them. You know what it is? You're addicted to your own adrenaline. It's not a lot different than if you're sitting there playing video poker and you know, so it's like Fortnite. It is. It is it's exa- right. I mean, if you're a blackjack player or whatever, you sit there and you can't leave. If you, yeah. if you're into it, you just keep staying and playing and you're having so much fun. It's like nobody wants to stop gambling when they're winning. It's the greatest. So it, it sounds it sounds like from what you're saying, it's more of an emotional potential like hole or damaging thing that can happen to you or or just you know i don't know maybe maybe you just it becomes your identity almost so if it's not there like you just you don't even know who you are anymore that's so true and if you uh read the literature about uh the gambling addiction uh there are seven or eight characteristics of gamblers and you can see that most of the guys who are you you can you can tell when someone's elevated and they're acting a certain way that their mood is way higher than maybe uh, safe and comfortable. If we were all robots, right. it would be easy just to be consistent. And if you're a robot, you work the same way every day, every week, every month. And if you turn up the knob and you say, work hard, accomplish a lot, and you're a robot, you make a million dollars a year if you're great at it. But we're not robots. Right. We're the opposite of Right. We're people. Yeah, we, we have emotions and really super successful, elevated people can make millions of dollars and people who are in the in the dark place for a period of time can make nothing. Some of the characteristics that, that I'm talking about of gamblers are uh, they have like big shot itis. They, they decide to go get the fanciest car. And, you know, I watch a lot of these um, these uh, podcasts with guys who are like, yeah, I got a plane and I got cars and I got. You know what they are? They're they're very elevated and they're probably not running their business well because they're not right. paying attention to details because they're so intent on impressing everybody with their freaking plane. That is not what life is about for happiness. If, if you ask them, hey, how happy are you? They'll say, I'm great. But the problem is when something goes bad, they don't know how to handle it. Mm. And yeah, because they almost they they put out this certain persona to the world that they feed off, and then the moment it isn't there, I think they 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 probably feel like a fraud almost to themselves if they can't if they can't portray this anymore and feel. I'm sure that I'm sure it weighs on. on well, you know what the thing is that, it, that area. It, it's interesting that you say that. I don't think that they recognize it in themselves. Because when I was doing, I, I once bought 17 buildings in one year, literally no joke. I raised, I raised millions of dollars from hundreds of people. And my partner and I went out and bought 17 buildings. It was unbelievable. And I would say we were both running pretty high, as you can imagine. And immediately he goes out and he joins a country club where all the fanciest people in town play golf and he's out there every day and he buys the most expensive BMW and he buys a, uh, you name it. He didn't buy a plane because we weren't that successful, but, right. <laughs> but you, you put up this image of who you want people to think you are and you're, 
a lot of guys are very philanthropic and like they start getting involved in all these charities because it looks good and they yes they're doing good things but again look at sbf he had this whole concept of giving money to charity it wasn't his money because right. he wasn't thinking <laughs> clearly because his mood was ridiculously high and he had no concept of reality it was he was delusional and i think a lot of real estate developers buy into their own bullshit and i'm not saying that there aren't people who are super successful who can afford a plane of course there are but right. people who can't but act like they can and try to make it look like they're incredibly successful they're basically just liars you know how much lying there is mm. in real estate when i hire my when i hire my my brokers and i and I uh, meet with new investors, <clears throat> I say to them, the first three rules of real estate are everybody lies, everybody lies, everybody lies. It's just a matter of degree. I, I, I don't, it's hard to find an honest person who's truly, really authentic. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times too, they, I know like real estate agents, like they, they they don't know their numbers, right? Or and they they definitely will like overstate their sales numbers and undercount their expenses when they're talking to people about you know what they actually do. And uh, a lot of them like just don't know and they overstate. So I think I think part of that too is like yeah, a lot of them lie, but a lot of them just don't know. <laughs> like you know they they they're they're out like SBF and just not focusing on details, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I once had a, a lawyer who, when I was building my business and I had 25 agents and we were doing $7 million in uh, commission volume, it was a really very seriously big business at the time for me. And this guy said, the biggest problem that you're going to have is the same problem that all people have that become successful is they don't build their back office. They don't have the administrative side mm. covered. You know, I've listened to you on some of your podcasts. I know that you believe that the second person, unless you've changed your mind, that you, you bring in after yourself is someone to run your back office so that you don't screw everything. Yeah. Crack. Well, yeah, absolutely. Agents don't have that person. They have to be that person for themselves. And it's really hard when you're a sales guy and you're really successful at sales and you know that's what you're great at you're like you feel like you know michael jordan was great at playing basketball you know we're we're the home of the bulls here in chicago and i used to go to a lot of games but he didn't work in the ticket office but in order for him to make any money there had to be a ticket <laughs> office and someone had to work there and someone yep. had to clean up the garbage after after the game and somebody else had to do all the financials and the accounting so you can be a superstar, but until you're at the level of so successful that you can use your own money to pay the back office, you need to look at details because otherwise that's what'll kill you. Absolutely. And when you wake up and you realize, oh my God, what have I gotten myself yeah. into? You can't believe you did it because you forgot that sales is not the only thing. And that's where the mental health comes in. Slow down, think clearly and get somebody that you can talk to about your concerns that you don't want to blow everything up in five or 10 years and end up in poverty because you blew everything and you went bankrupt. And that's what happens.
Look at all these athletes. They end up bankrupt. How? Yeah. How, um, how, how do we, uh, boil this down into some like practical things that the average person out there in real estate, whether it be sales, investing, developing, like how do, how do they kind of take these warnings, these examples, uh, these guidelines that you've kind of laid out, how do they like take that and then actually apply it in their lives? And number one, stay where they stay where they need to be. Number one, number one, um, find a wise owl who gets this and tell them your concerns about, you don't want to end up like that. You don't want to end up living right. in a one room, uh, place where people who can't afford anything live there because they can't, they can't keep their house. They have to sell everything and go broke and, you know, figure out how to get through the next day money wise. You don't want to end up that way. That that's SBF allegedly has no money and he was allegedly the fourth richest person in the United States. So it can happen to anybody. You got to get a wise owl. You got to get somebody who knows about life. It's probably someone older who's had the ups and downs and you have to be able to throw at them what you're thinking and say, you need their advice. And if that's not the right person, get somebody else. Don't stop. It's more important to yeah. find your wise owl than it is to find your next customer in real estate. Because your wise owl will help you to make sure you stay on the straight and narrow to keep finding lots of next customers. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the wise owl for a bunch of people. And I have my wise owls. I've got a 95-year-old guy who's one of my big investors. Never invest less than a million dollars in any of my deals. And I talk to him every Saturday morning and I put this stuff on the table with him. And we talk it over. When his wife died, he was in a terrible mood. And we talked about, yeah, mood, mood's tough, man. Bad things happen in life. So it's get a mentor, get a sponsor. And by the way, everyone that you ask to help you with this wants to help you. It's, it's almost like automatic that when you put your, your authentic self yeah. able and ask for help, if someone it's doesn't want to help you, they're the wrong person. And it's a, it's a, right. 99 out of 100 people that you ask for this kind of help, if you think they know what they're doing, will say yes, and they'll spend a lot of time helping you. That's it. Wow. There is no there is no number two. That's number one, and it's number one, and it's number one. Find your wise owl. Get, get a mentor who understands how mood works and how success works and the ups and downs in life and has been through cycles and can advise you and help you through it. And if you've got that, you got everything. Powerful. Well, thank you so much, Joel, for your time today. We're uh, unfortunately running out of time here, but this has been amazing. You know, kind of different for us. Usually on the podcast, we're talking more sales or investing strategy, and I think I think this is even more important. So I'm, I'm glad we got to dive into this topic and if, if people listening or watching want to connect with you or learn more about you, reach out to you, how, what are the best ways for them to do that? Uh, Brit My company is called Brit properties, B R I T 
we had a property manager named Brad when we started the company. I sold my old company and had to start a new one because uh, it just what happened. And Brad uh, said, How, what are we going to name the new company? And I said, Brit stands for Brad really is terrific. And he really liked that. He thought that was very fun. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show to all of our listeners and viewers. Thank you for tuning in today. Please share this episode with other people that you think would benefit from uh, hearing it and seeing it. And we will see you next time.